so familiar. It's a nice duo up top. Those two basses. Oh, love that duo. Oh, who, who, who are those guys playing up top? Huh? Do you, that. Do you have any idea? That was a bass duo. Folks were. Well, one of them sounds like this guy. I can't really play, but he's a nice dude. Is that um, who? Who's that? Who? Wait, that's me. <laughs> that was me and you. Hello. <laughs> back in the early days, you oh remember recording gosh. that, sending tracks back and forth to each other, and we're talking about the Upright Citizens theme song. Hello. Right Hello. now, by the way. Yeah. Another form that? of duo playing. Of course, we. Long distance. I mean, long distance duo. We didn't quite do yes. it at the same time like these master musicians. We're about to listen to, <laughs> but we figured it out in our own way. Welcome to Upright Citizens, all one and all. That is, um, this is uh, Ruben Rogers speaking with my co-host, Mr. Bob Debu, bringing you another episode of a duo playing a duo recordings. Um, yeah, um, you know what? What is? Why did? Why Why are we talking about this again? I'm trying to remember. How do we come up with this? Well, because we had too much music to make it into just one episode, I'm pretty sure, Ruben. <laughs> Isn't that why we're doing a part two? No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about duos. Yeah, basically. It's just a different situation. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that is true, you know, but we there's just so much great duo music out there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we really had a tough time selecting. So mm-hmm. here we are. Kind of the f- part one was a little bit more your, your selections. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then part two here is a little... And there was crossover like yeah. crazy. We talked about that, too. Why, again, we're talking about it, because we did kind of discuss this in the last episode, mm-hmm. but... It's just a different situation, mm-hmm. much more intimate. You know, mm-hmm. you can hear so much more going on. And uh, with this episode, we've chosen, again, four tracks to play to highlight for this episode, aside right. from the duo intro and outro that we provided. Right. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to dip way back, starting off with one of the first duos that I'm aware of. Be- before you, before um, you get to with, that, though, let's make sure oh, we let, Go ahead. give people just the reference to what we t- us talking about this before episodes 57 remember <gasps> dramaless right. situations oh yes 57 okay? let's make sure that was we, a good episode you'll yeah. go back check that out all right and then you know you know what actually stop what you're doing now check that out <laughs> no don't don't and then and then come back to this okay all right see y'all in a little bit all right <clears throat> just kidding go ahead man and we're back <laughs> and we're back welcome back to welcome back to upright citizens glad you did your homework there um we'll be checking in on you for sure that's hilarious ruben yes checking out the drummerless situations because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of insights into that like playing without a drummer yeah no okay if we're just talking duo we're just talking bass and a piano or a bass and a guitar or a bass and a saxophone there's you know the rhythmic onus is upon the duo but mm-hmm. most specifically on the bass, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To keep the propulsion going. Yep. It's obviously on both ends. But um, there's a lot more to provide. Yep. And uh, getting back to where I was. Oh, my lane. Right. Yes, my lane. <laughs> I was going to talk about Mr. JB's Blues. Oh, and what is that? JB's Blues. This is uh, Jimmy Blanton, the great pioneering, legendary bassist, Jimmy Blanton of the 30s. And he made it into the 40s a little bit. He died very young of tuberculosis. I think he was 23. Yeah. Um, And uh, super young. Mm -hmm. We've talked about Jimmy Blanton a bit here before, Mm -hmm. specifically that he had his home base here in St. Louis, which is where I'm recording from today. He met Duke Ellington here in St. Louis, which I think is fascinating. But there is a series of 
you know, there's an album called Solos, Duets, and Trios, which I went out and bought on CD basically the same day that somebody told me about it. They're like, you know that there's a duet album with Duke Ellington and Jimmy Blanton. And I'd been so eager to find out about Jimmy Blanton because I've been hearing about him for years before I finally get to this recording. So to check him out um, and to hear the prodigiousness. Is that the right word? Is that a, a word, Ruben? Prodigiousness? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. What's a better way to say what it is I'm trying to say? I don't his, know. You tell me. His stunning virtuosity. There you go. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, Jimmy Blanton. We're going to choose. Uh, I've chosen this particular cut of Mr. JB's Blues, which is, of course, a blues, because we can hear a couple things. We can hear Jimmy Blanton swinging. Great, mm-hmm. beautiful sound. This is recorded in like 1939, maybe 1940. We're talking ancient right. as far as the upright bass recordings go, and especially for a soloistic endeavor like this you just don't hear anything else really like this from this time period so it's both historical and just mind-blowingly good we can hear him uh we can hear jimmy blanton playing pizzicato Mm -hmm. with a very clear percussive big bright sound he's Mm -hmm. you know obviously been playing in big bands he's got this huge sound Mm -hmm. and then we hear him playing arco as well soloing arco bass right which you know if you could check out the history of the walking bass lines episode that we did too where we talked a little bit about walking bass or two feel bass mm. with the with the bow as well which i think is fascinating so it's definitely inhabited more of a part of the bass player's life back in these days than it does much today more, perhaps but much more almost like a pre right? you got like yeah. a prerequisite to actually playing an instrument you better be able to bow because <laughs> we're gonna yes, ask you to pull it abs- and pull that it out still not, goes for today huh what was that that still goes for today even though we don't do it too often i think well it I think still it goes today to. but i'm saying but you're you're almost not expected to play it but you know at the end of a a ballad or some, <laughs> or some passage. Exactly, you know? that whole note at the end. You know, yeah, no, no exactly. one's holding it against you if you can't play it, unfortunately, you know? So. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But here we are, we're talking talking too much. Let's bring in the great Jimmy Blanton to the conversation here. This is Mr. JB's Blues. This is take number two, by the way. There are a couple different takes on this uh, compilation here. But here we go, JB's Blues. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hey. I wanted to go ahead and let the whole thing play. That was three minutes and 12 that's seconds. That's all right. Give the, but that's not really that long. Give the bass player some, huh? Hello. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> and in the 30s. I know, right? And Jimmy Blinn. How did we digress? How did we digress? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, you know, I remember hearing that. That always takes me back when I listen to that. Now, you know, in the different takes even, I'm always like, are they just not sure what's about to happen next? Because you hear the pauses where the mm-hmm. solos creep in a little a little bit later. Do you know what I mean? You hear a little bit of the piano in there, and then Jimmy's back in blowing him. I'm not mad at it by any by any sense, but I'm always curious if like Duke is over there like giving him a nod. It's your turn to solo. Probably like, keep soloing. I keep mean, going. he gave him a lot of space, then, man. Always it seemed like he was he was obviously in awe of his skill. Also, it seems you know, sure. uh, and uh, I mean just his phrasing. And his mm. rhythmical approach, strong rhythm and strong phrasing, yeah. you know, beautiful Definitely. melodic solos, you know, the foundation of Very any true. great solo, basically those three things, you know. Yeah, it was, it was incredible, actually, you know, still well to this said. day, I'm always in awe that he was, you know, only what, 21, tw- probably 21, 22 when he was playing these solos, you know. I mean, what, Crazy. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> crazy. I well, thought it was interesting. Yeah. A little bit of a tangent here, but I, I hearing the foot tap, mm. you know, along with the recording, yeah. made me think of the Don Bias Slam Stewart recording. Mm. You know, where you can hear Slam stomping his foot in the middle of the, not keeping the beat, but when there's a pause in the phrasing. Mm. But I'm not sure if that was Jimmy's foot that was just tapping right there. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, it made it me think of that too. So it another very important historical duo recording to check out Don Bias and Slam Stewart. Hello. As an aside, there. Yeah, so. So we we actually yeah. covered that in episode five. So definitely go check out episode five. So pause. Doing. Pause this episode pause this now. now again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shameless <laughs> plug once again. Go check that out and then come back. There we anyway. go. <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, let's 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 have some more duos. Why not? Why why not, Mister Bob Deboo? Um, Gary Peacock and Mister Bill Frizzell. When I see those names together, it seems very unlike, unlikely, right? <laughs> In my mind. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But I did hear this recording many, many years ago, um, probably when my ears weren't as seasoned, though. And you brought it to my attention in the past few days again, and I appreciate it because my ears are mm. ready for this. And mm. I'm so happy to be reintroduced to this recording um and that's just basically you know a part of this why we're doing this 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 uh particular podcast is to introduce and reintroduce maybe some music to people who haven't heard in a long time this particular track it comes from the album just so happens um it came out in 1994 um i just love gary sound on this Bill, you know, has definitely his 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 sound has changed so much over thing. I think has stayed true to his playing, has stayed kind of stayed true. But he has he himself so talks about he has about sixty guitars or something, something crazy, some crazy number. So wow. you can see that okay. you know he's using. I think it sounds like a Strat or something <laughs> like that on this one. But anyway, let's play some of this music and maybe we talk a little bit about it after. Uh, once again, it's Mr. The Great, the Masterful Gary Peacock. On bass, Bill Frisell on, on guitar. This is entitled Only Now from their release, Just So Happens. <laughs> 
That's amazing. It is so, I think, so refreshing, actually, to hear. It's because usually what? You, we know him for being uh, in, in the key gyrate setting where he does a lot of drums covering up the situation. He doesn't get the same kind of space even that he is right here. So you're able to hear his sound, everything much clearer, you know? And I think that gave yeah. me, even hearing, hearing him in other, one or two other duo settings gave me a, a different appreciation for him for some reason. I mean, this is just personally, mm. I mean, um, that I'd be able to hear Absolutely. him kind of like speak a little bit more in these kinds of um, recordings. I mean, I don't know what you, how you feel. If right. You, if I'm well speaking to the I mean the first part of that was basically solo until right. Bill came in there was a lot of solo bass there and so you could really hear him spotlighted it reminds me of um, have you ever heard Gary Peacock's uh, December Poems album no it's I, a completely solo solo album it'd be really really cool to check out too and he's got some other great um, duo albums one with Mal Waldron the mm -hmm. pianist right it's mm -hmm. really really yes. pretty stark too it's beautiful but I agree to be able to hear Gary's articulation his sound the mm. techniques that he's pulling out yeah like the hammer-on type of thing yes. that he's dealing with some open strings and hammer-ons and mm. then some the glisses and but that what strikes me is the first few notes where he's hitting it and he's almost making his own delay mm. type of sound like he's articulating right, a note right, right. and then he's playing it softer did, and he's did, continuing yeah. on uh -huh. i love that right. he's playing with uh he's playing with bill who is bill frizzell who's obviously on guitar and i think bill has some maybe some pedals and like a pedal in the mix there. Yeah. I hear some clicking yeah. and some of the sound, it's hard to tell like, what I love about Bill Frizzell, uh, uh, um, extra musical on top of his playing is that he, re well, it's not extra musical is that when he does bring in effects, he does it in such a musical way. Yes. It's not, Oh shit, here's an effect. He just pressed a pedal. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's always part of the music. No doubt. And even when he's just playing like that first, not just, but playing the first melody, that mm -hmm. he's bringing into the situation and then twisting it yeah, and it. rephrasing it and twisting it again. And then Gary's right there for all, every yeah. minute of it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Ultimately being right there only now or only then. Mm -hmm. And that's the only time that'll get played again. Cause it's, it's, it's contemporaneous, right? They're just coming up. Yeah. This is in the moment composition, you know, at its best, you know, free, you can call it free play if you want it, but instant i like to call it instant improvisation you know you know on the spot there we go yes. i know but that's that's the highest highest level of of expression when you're absolutely able to figure that out you know with another being or being definitely yeah. but a big juxtaposition coming from you know jimmy blanton duke ellington right. you know what i mean to go to something like that and i think just to highlight there's possibilities mm -hmm. in duos we think about you know duo you're reducing the number of instrumentalists or humans involved but that doesn't that doesn't limit anything else nope. you know? i nope. don't think nope. so let's move let's move on check out another duo recording mm -hmm. that is probably a little bit more on y'all's radar mm -hmm. um at least i hope that it is because these two albums that we're going to speak on here coming up next are really really beautiful and really important and we can kind of make us we can make a segue. Gary mm. Peacock is who we were just listening to. Mm. Next, we're going to listen to Keith Jarrett with Charlie Hayden mm -hmm. from the Last Dance album on ECM. Mm. And uh, one of my, I, I, there's so much Keith that I love, but one of my favorites is at the Deerhead Inn, which mm. is with Gary Peacock mm. playing bass on it. 
Uh, so that's my segue from the previous track into Hello. this one. Okay, gotcha. That Gary Peacock gotcha. played with Keith Jarrett. Yeah, so right. tenuous, but I, yeah, here we are. I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so these two albums that we're talking about on ECM, Last Dance and then Jasmine, are some just beautiful duo duo albums with Keith Jarrett and Charlie Hayden. They play a lot of ballads, yes. a lot of very introspective music, um, but the the lyricism and the emotion and everything that comes into these recordings is just, I don't know, it gives, it kind of gives me chills just to even think about, you know, I, I put on these records and it's just like really otherworldly. I don't know. What do you think, Ruben? When I listen to the, those two records in particular, uh, mm. I mean, fun fact, I, I don't know. I think Jasmine was also, but definitely the last dance was recorded at Keith's home. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So I can imagine that they were having, you know, some dinner, you know, well, I don't know, days before they're like, oh, what you want to do? Oh, let's have some dinner, have some drinks. Sure. Really like a laid back situation. Oh, you want to record some tunes? I mean, who knows, right? I don't know. Maybe they were fighting before. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. But it feels that <laughs> that kind of like respect and love for each other. Definitely. Friends coming together after all these years. And let's just play some tunes, you know, in, in, in my music room. And then put it out you know yes. that's what it feels like it sounds like to yeah. me so i mean kudos I, I love it i love that i mean i wish i could do that more with <laughs> some of my musical compadres but you know yeah yeah how amazing <laughs> yeah definitely and there's some there's some video of them i don't know if it's from this session mm-hmm. but there's some video of them playing duo in keith's studio okay um that uh, they're, they're playing similar tunes. I can't remember the song that I saw from the video, but it's probably directly related to this. And they seem completely like they're having a ball playing together. Do you know okay. what I mean? So Not like laughing and joking and no. smiling at each other, but really right. playing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And being there. So anyway, we're still talking. <laughs> tried to pick a um, <laughs> tried to pick a, a selection that wasn't too down tempo right. for our otherwise up tempo kind of vibe episode here. So we're going to choose um, Bud Powell's composition. Dance of the Infidels. And um, yeah, so this is again from Keith Jarrett, Charlie Hayden's last dance album on the ECM Records label. So this is Dance of the Infidels.
the stink keep gyrating. You know? Oh man. Yes. <laughs> oh, something else. And and hearing Charlie too at those type of tempos with those types of changes, I, I always uh, I was like hearing the doubled up notes that he does. Yep. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, he does that so often, and it's just so like. Charlie, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, the pulse and the vibe, um, particularly on that tune, a lot like like I was saying, the other tracks on the records that we're talking about are more subdued, more ballad, a little bit more space involved. But that one's a little bit more like, you know, yeah. playing you would, you playing would, a tempo. Really. You will rarely hear those kind of tempos on a Charlie Hayden record. You know, even though he can play, For sure, he, he's just yes, that's, oh, yeah. yeah, he's is his his playing or tune selection are usually a little more sultry i guess you can say yes um, yes absolutely and we were speaking of that too we, we we were talking about maybe making a whole episode of just charlie hayden duos because he has so many great duo albums i mean it's just which when i say that what what comes to mind i mean hank jones he's played a couple spiritual like, albums yeah. with him steal away with the great pat mm-hmm. metheny you know um, oh yeah beyond the missouri's guy you know, I mean, shoot, you're, you're, the, you're the, the... The ones like, with Keith, for sure. Yeah, with Keith. Uh, yeah. Um, shoot, he's got um, a number of other ones on the ECM record label. Yes, yes. And he's even has his own album out called Closeness, which mm. is a whole album of duets. Mm. He does a duet with uh, Ornette Coleman. He right. does a duet with uh, Alice Coltrane, with Don Cherry, and Alice Coltrane on, on Harp, wow. no less, which is I'm surprised we didn't pull that out. Really beautiful. Why didn't we pull that out for this? Yeah, you know, that? I didn't want to pull that out because I thought maybe we would do a Charlie Hayden duo episode. And okay, I'm still holding out hope we, gotta do we it. just played that how one. we got to do it. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> By popular request, here is our Charlie Hayden duos uh, episode now. Here. <laughs> but I just love it. It's so, so nice. And... um you know, just uh, thinking about Charlie and Keith together, it's a lot of obviously history there and just so much beautiful music. So thank you, y'all guys. No beautiful. doubt, no doubt. Man. All right, so got one more selection and you never see this one coming. Hello. I promise you. <laughs> and this is uh, by one of my favorite saxophonists along with um, also I would say one of my favorite bass players that, again, not enough people talk about. Mm-hmm. I guess we could always go back to the bassist deserving wider recognition. We probably talked about this gentleman yes, in we one did. of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Did we, Ruben? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm referencing here um, the great Lee Konitz, mm-hmm. alto saxophonist, mm-hmm. and b- the bassist Red Mitchell. They mm-hmm. created um, actually more than one duo album, but um, and he also, Red Mitchell, has some great duo albums with Warren Marsh that are really spectacular too i like warren's sound a bunch but this is from an album entitled uh i concentrate on you and this is uh with red mitchell lee konitz 1974 on the steeplechase label i don't know what else to say about this other than you know red mitchell is just um a freak yeah to me like he's like I, Mm -hmm. i don't understand how he plays so well and he also sings and he also um tunes his bass in fifths right like oh. an octave lower than a cellist that, that yeah that alone so he gets those right? low yeah yeah this also on author i don't know if it's well that's unorthodox for a bass player to, to tune mm-hmm. in fifths but you know yeah he had definitely had all sure. these glissandos and all these pull-offs all these little things that really made his his sound and his his phrasing very personal i really really you know, yes. you, you'll hear some some of it on, you know on this, on this recording but yeah we, we need to evocative is the word definitely. would you say yeah what you say? I said evocative is the word ah. that comes to my mind. If we're talking, ah. you know, if we wanted to bring in a single adjective, I would say evocative because he can play a note and it just like opens up 
I, I don't know what to say. It sounds like very lyric. Um, yeah, lyrical. You know, mm. like very much like a voice. I'm and I there. think it's he does. You know, have you ever heard the the duo album that he did with Clark Terry? It's no. like for Duke and Basie, I think. It's fantastic. Is Super it? fun. That's another Speak. one that we'll we'll put in the so our episode seventy nine of the duos. Every episode, Hello. it's it's awesome, man. But Red <laughs> Mitchell, super swinging. He also uh, apparently was a great poet. <laughs> he put out poetry, really? and uh, on and on and on. So I, I just you know, I'm sitting man. here reading his bio and just talking <laughs> it on, you know, speaking on here on the uh, the podcast like I know. But no, I do know that his mom was like way into poetry. That's really interesting. So, wait, should but, we just go out with this? So we should we go out with this? This beautiful. I, I think we should, as yeah. opposed to given given the people our duo intro. They already heard that. So zoom back if you want to hear the duo there Upright Citizens Hello. intro. Yeah. You know. But otherwise, <laughs> here is just one of those things Hello. by Reb Mitchell and Lee Konitz from the I Concentrate on You album. Um, so here we are with some sax and bass. We've heard, mm-hmm. you know, piano and bass, guitar and bass. Lovely, lovely. Here's some sax and bass, and you can really hear a lot more of the nuances from the instrument. So I hope you enjoy this. Check out this intro. This is fierce. Here we go. Just one of those things. Thank you. 
Thank you. 